It's really footy time with Daniel Andrews. And as always, I'm joined on the other line by Johnny Raff. How are we, Johnny? Not bad, Dan. Uh, yeah, got some pretty good games up ahead. And yeah, ready to get stuck into it. Another round, day. Eh? Last of the buy rounds, thankfully. Yes, yes. I'm not sure if this is the best way to do the buy round. I'm thinking maybe... It might be nice to just go back to a clean week off and come back hungry for more footy, but yeah. 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 It is weird to kind of lose the momentum a little bit in the middle of a season. It just feels a bit fragmented, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not too bad, but... It's not too bad. I don't know. It does seem like they could play around with that a little bit, see if they can... And they did do that for a few years, didn't they? It wasn't always like this, so... No, they've always played around with it. They seem happy enough with it. They've rolled it out the last few years. Yeah. So uh, what's your doomsday scenario going into the weekend's action here? Oh, well, a doomsday scenario is definitely Port Adelaide losing to the Suns. (laughs) Uh, That's up at Metricon, isn't it? It is up at Metricon. Port have not been great away from home. But if they, you know, they can make a good statement if they win this game. It's not going to be the statement they'd like, but it can be a decent statement to say we can win on the road. But if they lose, then... Yeah, they're not top four material as far as I'm concerned and many others. So, yeah, that's the doomsday scenario for me. Yeah, no matter who you're playing, it's never that easy to win nope. interstate. So, and I think I remember, maybe not last year, the year before, I think Gold Coast actually beat Port when Port was highly favoured to win the game. So, it's definitely I possible. That, I think that's right. All right, for me... Most at stake is actually the Western Bulldogs. So they got to travel down the highway to Geelong. Uh, I think it's a Friday night game. And, uh, yeah, just I know Bulldogs are still second on the ladder, but they're two really big tests where they've come up against a team putting a lot of pressure on them, alluding to Melbourne and Richmond. I guess they haven't really been quite up to scratch here. So not necessarily saying the Bulldogs have to win this game, but yeah, I think they they need to show that if Geelong is you know bringing that intensity, almost like a finals like intensity that they had against Port the previous week, that they can really stand up to that. And if they can't, then there's going to be probably even more questions asked to the Bulldogs than already have been. Yeah, um, look, this is this is going to be a, a real banger of a game. Um, it would be no, hopefully nice if they're allowed to have some fans in for this one because. Yeah, this will be a finals-like atmosphere. But I think the Bulldogs have definitely got to make some kind of statement. Don't necessarily have to win, although winning would be very, very, you know, they, it would be a great win if they could get it. Um, but, yeah, they've just got to show that they can cope with that pressure and they can um, keep the game somewhat on their terms. Yeah, I guess if they can win this one, they're sort of almost, I know it's a long way out, but they're almost cementing top four and, Yep. You know, top two is definitely on the radar. Probably is even if they lose. But, you know, when you can beat top four teams, then uh, it, it goes a long way to actually cementing a spot there. All right, let's jump into two off bowls for this week. And uh, we've got quite a few interesting ones here. And uh, the first one is finals experience is a key ingredient to winning the Premiership Cup. True or false, Johnny? Uh, this is true for me. I think it's proven uh, that, you know, the, the more games that you your list has 
played in the finals, the better you are with those situations. Uh, I've seen plenty of, of young teams do well, but I've also seen a lot of young teams get to the finals and get the stage fright. They don't realise that they just have no time on the ball and they get tackled and you know things like that. I think it is really good to have the finals experience. It's much better than not having it. So, yeah. Uh, you also see the teams that do make the grand final are the teams usually that have experience. So, yeah. I'm Definitely going say, true there then. Yep, yep. I think this used to be more true than it probably is now. You used to hear this line come out a lot, and you mm. still do, but I think the way the game's played now, highly pressured, and, you know, if you are sort of a top four team, you've actually probably had at least a couple of games during the season that are, like, almost finals-like games. So I don't think it's quite as true as it used to be. As I said, a team like Richmond has kind of bucked the trend in 2017, sort of going all the way when everyone thought they were really no good. Yeah. <laughs> like, still halfway through that season. I know they did have a few finals appearances that they kind yeah, of got smashed. Yeah. But I guess, uh, yeah, probably do need some sort of finals experience, but I don't necessarily think it has to be a lot, or maybe it doesn't even have to be winning finals, but just to have been there and done it in some form is probably yeah. is probably a step in the right direction. I think if you, if your list has tasted some finals experience, that's definitely what you'd be ideally like to have. Um, I don't, I definitely don't think that you need to uh, lose a grand final before you win one or anything like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's definitely helpful to at least be there on that big stage and know what it's going to be like. Know what that because it's a different ball game. It's a different ball game, and yeah, you just um, the the more you get there, the more you you know know what to expect. So, yeah, yeah, I guess you do see some teams kind of wilt under that finals pressure who haven't been there and done it a lot. Like I guess probably Brisbane, the best example from the last couple of years. Yep. In two thousand and nineteen, they finished in the top four, went out in straight sets. Better performance in two thousand twenty, but still succumbed to the Cats at the Gabba in that prelim final. And uh, Geelong's experience shone out there. So, yeah, I think it's def- if you had the choice, you would definitely choose to have it. And uh, it's going to be those seasons teams who, uh, you know, the ones you really probably want to avoid going into the finals. We've kind of referenced that before in terms of Richmond in particular, but I guess Geelong as well, being these really season finals teams who are going to be hard yeah. matchups even for you know, like the Bulldogs or Melbourne, if they end up finishing higher than them on the ladder. Uh, but there's nothing saying that you can't do it without it. Yeah, for sure. So referencing the top of the ladder there, and that takes me to the next true or false statement. Finishing on the top of the ladder is a poison chalice in the AFL. True or false? Um, I, I want to I wanna say true just a little bit tongue-in-cheek, guess. I do like a, a good sort of, uh, not conspiracy theory, but, um, you know, just one of these sort of throwaway lines that you can come up with. I, I think it is. Um, finishing top, it's, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on that. And, you know, you really, when you finish top, you really, I feel you should make the grand final. Because, uh, you know, you're getting two home finals. You get playing one less than, you know, the team you're going to play in the freelim. Uh, you should at least get to the grand, grand final most times, especially if you're a Melbourne team and you're used to playing at the MCG. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually like it. I, I like the, the um, 
I, I like the, the the sort of the the sexiness to this to this true or false. So I'm going to go true. <laughs> All right, I got a, I got a few things to go through here relevant to this. So, funnily enough, no team has actually won the grand final from top spot since 2013. So that was Hawthorne. So we've had plenty of years come and gone between now and then, and yeah. not one of those top of the ladder teams has gone on to do it. So obviously the most recent examples, uh, Port Adelaide last year going out in the prelim, uh, as well as Geelong in 2019 also going out in the prelim. So uh, I think, yeah, and Richmond going back to 2018 as well, they were top of the ladder, went out in the prelim. So not only is it hard to just win the premiership, it's hard to actually make the grand final, as you were kind of alluding to there. So that's interesting. So going back a little bit further, since we've had this, final eight system we have now since 2000 there's actually been uh, a few teams who have won from top of the ladder so it's Essendon in 2000 Port in 2005 West Coast in 2006 Geelong in 2007 Collingwood in 2010 and as I referenced earlier Hawthorne in 2013 so we've got six of the last 21 years the top of the ladder team is winning the premiership and that equates to a percentage of 28.5%. So not great percentages. It, it's really funny looking at these teams that have won them. And if, so yeah, I think you might have mentioned before, Richmond, um, the only year that, that Richmond did make uh, finish top of the ladder was 2018. And that was the one year they didn't win it. Then you look at some teams like Sydney, the only, uh, the only one that they won recently was the 2012 when they finished third but they they finished, finished top and top haven't won it yeah 2014 yep. 2016 yep. then there's Frio in 2015 that, that was a good side um yeah it's really crazy yeah so I guess it really just underlines that finishing top of the ladder really doesn't get you that far like it's getting you the home final at least to begin with and probably the home prelim if you can win that so, but yeah, I is guess... it sort of a case that you'd rather be the the hunter than the hunted? Like, do they? Do you reckon that teams start thinking, "Oh, we're now top. We're, you know, yeah. we're the ones with the target on our back," kind of thing? I think it's probably got more to do with the fact that you have to be the best team in the finals. I know it's an yes. obvious statement, but you can be the best team all year and not perform the best in that four-week stretch that's the finals. So yeah. I think that's really key. You referenced Richmond in 2018, and I think they've kind of admitted this, that they actually did sort of peak a little bit too early in that year yeah. and, uh, you know, racking up the wins. But by the time they got to the finals, uh, they did have a few injury concerns and there was just a few things that weren't quite working. So, yeah, I guess that's something that a lot of teams have to contend with the fact that you really do need to be, you know, trying to peak within the finals because, as you can see with these stats, really, whether you finish first, second, third or fourth, you're not really, um, you know, you can you can win from pretty much any position in the top four. Yeah. If, you, if you're only winning 28.5% from first, you know, the percentages are probably pretty well split with those other three positions in the top four, so... I guess that's why, you know, people say it's so important to finish top four. You don't necessarily have to finish first. You get the minor premiership, which, you know, no one really counts the minor premierships. But, no. uh, <laughs> yeah. 
do you yeah it's funny it's like do you, do you think it's easier to play your best in the finals as the second team more so than the first team like maybe, oh, it's a stupid maybe. question but like yeah it's it becomes psychological i think yeah it just really it could is. yeah like i guess it just depends how dominant you've been and what the mentality is you know if you're a team that's finished first often the the team finishing first i think this is another thing that might actually uh, come into this often the team finishing first isn't actually obviously better than every the other teams in the top no. four so they might be finishing first on percentage or they might just be one game clear and we know in the afl you know all the draws aren't equal you what you might have had one or two teams have a slightly easier draw so you might not actually be getting the best team finishing first <laughs> so that could be another no. thing that's actually wrinkling in here it would be interesting to do a bit more analysis on this like once you cross that sort of 18 win threshold um, somewhere around there do the percentages actually go up so for example yeah. i know with some of these teams who did win it like essendon obviously 21 wins in 2000 hawthorne got a huge number of wins in 2013 geelong i know in 2007 got a huge number of wins yep. same with collingwood so the names on this list i think a lot of these teams were actually the really dominant top of the ladder team. So it would be interesting yes. to see, you know, how many of the other, like, really dominant top of the ladder teams there were that actually didn't win it. Because you can be top of the ladder and not be dominant, as funny as that might yeah. sound. <laughs> well, yeah, you're top of the ladder, but you're really not that much better than the next than the second team. I mean, yeah. I'm looking at um, that period where Brisbane got their three-peat and, yeah, Port finished top three years in a row, 20, 2002 to 2004. And look, they were a very good side as well, but um, Brisbane were better at playing in finals. Yeah, you got to be able to win those finals. Yeah. So I think we've uh, yeah we've gone down a few different angles There's there, but uh, I think we can both agree that it is somewhat of a poison chalice to finish top, and uh, there might be a bit of extra pressure, or it might just be that you're not actually that much better than second, third, or fourth. So you got to you know yeah. it's going to be hard to win it, even if you're finishing top. Just one more thing on it. I do believe, though, that if you finish first or if you are sitting first like Melbourne is now, um, like it's a great achievement thus far, but you then need to keep winning no matter what. I don't think... I think the longer the season goes, I don't think there's that much margin for error. You can lose it one or two here and there, but especially when finals comes around, it's like, well, you've done well to get this far, but, yeah, you've just kind of set yourself up for this thing where now you've really just got to keep winning, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, 22, 23 rounds is too many in an AFL season. True or false? Hmm. Yeah, I like this one, and I think I would have to say true. Uh, we got a taste of that last year with the 17-game season, and... I'm starting to think that maybe that is possibly the way to go. Maybe keep... We don't need to shorten the game. I think the game's fine length as it is. But I do think that maybe a, a slightly shorter season... I don't know if it needs to be 17. Maybe that would make the most sense because you're playing everyone once. But, um, yeah, look, I, I do think 23 rounds is just a little bit too long. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, obviously from a fairness point of view, 17 rounds is ideal. And, you know, it's either 17 or 34 if you want it to be 
really even playing everyone either once or twice 34 is obviously way too many <laughs> so that's yeah. not going to happen no. and uh 23 i guess it's really still 22 isn't it because like the 23rd not it's every the, yeah. is you got the buy in there so it's really 22 so uh that extra sort of five games that's obviously getting a bit more of an income for the afl being able to sell more games but uh yeah yeah it really is stupid, though, isn't it? It's it's fundamentally flawed. I can't think of any other sport that does that. You know, uh, oh, you play everyone once, but you, then you'll get to play these other four teams again. And, you know, it creates a little bit of a lopsided thing where you might end up playing some of the lower teams a bit more, get that extra win that puts you into the top four, maybe. And, yeah, I don't know how that came about. But, um, yeah, I, I can't think of any other sport that does it. I like the idea of games meaning more. And I guess the Big Bash is probably the opposite of this, where they've made their season so much longer and yeah. it basically makes each game less meaningful. Oh, so okay. by you know by having fewer games, basically it means that you can afford to have fewer losses if you are going to finish you know top eight or top four or whatever it is. So it just makes every game that much more meaningful. So I think there's definitely advantages to having a shorter season in that respect. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure it's going to change any time soon. And no. I know they've had a lot of discussions about this, but, you know, if you were starting from scratch, there's no doubt it would be a 17-round season, yes. not a 22- or 23-round season. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess, like, you know, it's sustainable in terms of, like, the amount of injuries. I know there's still quite a lot of injuries, but it's not like the players can't do it. But... Mm. Whether they should be doing it, I guess, is the question we've kind yeah. of delved into a little bit there. Yeah, and I'm not complaining right now how it is. Yeah, so I guess it's just one of those quirks in the AFL that we have 22 rounds rather than 17. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plenty yeah. of those. Well, those unique things, yes. All right. To finish off, we're going back in footy history a little bit, not too far. The 2010s, which really have only just ended, so... yeah. One we've got to finish here is the 2013 Hawks were the best premiership side of the 2010s. This is the period between 2010 and 2019. True or false, wow. Danny? Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a beauty. Um, the best side. Um, best premiership side the to make it slightly easier. Side. <laughs> yeah, the best premiership side... I'm, uh, I'm not totally sure on that. I've got a. I've, 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 for some reason, I've really got the the Richmond 2019 side in my mind at the moment. Okay. Uh, I thought that was a really good side. I reckon those two were on par. But yeah, look, it was a very good side. Um, it was a really good side. I think so I guess, a lot of those players were on in their top form. Yeah. The reason I chose 2013 was. I guess that was still sort of peak Hawthorne. They still had yeah. Franklin. They still had, and they Franklin left at the end of 2013, obviously, but they still had most of their core in 14 and 15. But I guess they were getting slightly older. But uh, yeah, I guess between like 2011 and 2013 was probably where Hawthorne, you know, were winning heaps and heaps of games in the regular season. They're really building up that dominance, and it took them a little while to actually break through and win the premiership, having lost in 2012. But 
yeah, I guess it sort of all came together for them in 2013, getting Brian Lake in. Mm. And uh, for me, I suppose the main contenders to this team would have been Collingwood in 2010, who was very dominant, and probably, uh, yeah, Richmond in 2019, as you're alluding to. Those are definitely the two that I was thinking of. Um, but look, it makes a, <laughs> that side makes a very, very good case, really, when you have a little think about it. Um, yeah, Brian Lake was a massive get. He was a revelation for them, and he was a Norm Smith medalist. Uh, I loved watching Isaac Smith and Brad Hill on, on those wings. They were Yeah, they were amazing. At, at they the played time, the G so well. Oh, they did. They, and they were they were the two best aerobic and anaerobic runners in the league as well. They were both great sprinters and just duration runners. Uh, yeah, and, and you had Cyril just in lightning form. Uh, they were a very well-balanced yeah. team, weren't they? Really well-balanced The midfield... Team. So and strong Gunston at either was end. So hard to match up on because he was playing on the wing sometimes and up forward. It was yeah, a very good yeah. side. I actually like yeah. You know, you make a good a good case for this one, I reckon. So maybe maybe this will help get to the bottom of this. So who would win if you played the 2013 Hawks Grand Final side versus the 2019 Richmond Grand Final side? So remember that Alex Rance was actually out that year because he'd done his knee. He had a last-ditch effort to play in the finals, but actually Richmond chose not to play him. So uh, obviously they ended up belting GWS. I can't remember how much it was by. Game was oh. over at quarter time, more or less. But, uh, Worst grand final of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so who do you reckon would win that game? I'm looking at both lineups on that day right now, actually, and they're both pretty good. Um at the end of the day, though, I feel like there's a few more match winners in that Hawthorne side. Uh, you know, you got Hodge, you got you know, you've got uh, Ruffhead, Franklin, Cyril, um, Brad Sewell was still in very good form back then as well, and he, he was definitely a great was, yeah. rugby player. Yeah, uh, <laughs> look, that twenty nine, uh, obviously that twenty nineteen one came to my head first, but I think I'd have to back the Hawks. Yeah, so I think Richmond's major strength through this period, probably a little bit less so now, they still definitely have this, is they were a dominant second-half team, Mm. in particular in 2017, but I think they still really had this trait in 2019. So if you were only, you know, a couple of goals up at halftime, then Richmond almost had you then, and that's kind of what happened to Adelaide in 2017. definitely. And, uh, you know, it was very common during this period for Richmond to just completely blow teams out in the last quarter. Yeah. So I guess referencing this game here, Hawthorne 2013 versus Richmond 2019, I think if Hawthorne were going to win this, they would probably need to be four or five goals up at halftime. <laughs> yeah, and they would have to be at their best. Um, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, as you said, Richmond have just... Those games, both those 2017 and 19, they were just. It was the pressure was so relentless, it was scary. Like the the Adelaide and GWS teams just could not get the ball at all, and it was it was kind of like, oh my god, it's like so late in the game. Like, why are they still? That was just savage. It was yeah, it was scary. Yeah, and thinking based on what you're just saying there, like the hallmark of Hawthorne's game was, you know, they were so good by foot they were so good at spotting uh 
you know, kicks up and that smooth running on yeah, the, through the, the midfield. So it would be a real contrast in styles. But uh, yeah. I feel like Richmond would actually have a really good <laughs> game style to actually uh, beat this team if anyone was going to. And, you know, they're a bloody hard team to beat. They won three premierships in a row. But, yeah, I guess they didn't have to contend with Richmond. So I think this would actually be a ripper of a game. It'd be a really good game. And Richmond used to be a hard matchup even back then for the Hawks. So, um, yeah, look, they say in... Um, in fighting sports, uh, that styles make fights, uh, yeah. mixed martial arts. Uh, well, styles make games. So I think uh, this would be a really fun game to watch style-wise. Yeah. And, yeah, how they I would, think I've almost yeah. talked myself into it. I reckon Richmond would actually get them just because of the amount of pressure they can put on. Oh, look, it, yeah. It would be, <laughs> be, a, it would be a very be hard test. One, it? It'd be a hard test for Hawthorne. It'd be a hard test for Richmond, but... Uh, you never know until uh, until you turn up on the day, which will never happen. No, of course not. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, interesting to have a bit of a chat about that. So yeah. I guess uh, you were going true that they were the best I think uh, premiership side. I think on paper, true. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. on paper, true. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Tigers actually beat them in this hypothetical. <laughs> yeah. Just based on the stylistic matchup. Yeah. Uh, Johnny? Thanks again for indulging me in this chat. It was a bit of fun, and I think, yeah, we went off in a few different directions in those true or falses, but, yeah, yeah. there's some really interesting stuff there. No problem, and uh, it's really footy time. It is really footy time. Get out there and enjoy the football, and uh, make sure you tune in for our weekly episode. See you next time, guys. Thanks for listening.